Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, if you have a Bible uh, with you or your Bible on your phone, open it up to John chapter 8 uh, and, and John chapter 13. Um, I do want to say I um, am I'm really excited to be involved in uh, having the privilege to be involved in the youth and young adults at Memphis Tabernacle and uh, beginning to know some of our teenagers. Oh, man, uh, God has good things in store uh, for not just those that are here, but for those, the many more, actually, that will be coming. And uh, one of the focuses we have right now is really, you know, uh, just our youth that are here now being able to get connected, know each other, and begin to lay a, a biblical foundation for the youth ministry that we desire to have here. Uh, hey, I just want to take one moment, and uh, man, I've been here now just a few months, and uh, I just want to take a moment to affirm David and Tiffany, their leadership here at the church has just been outstanding. And uh, even from Christy and I's part, we're so grateful for your leadership. And I just want to let you all know, I'm new here. Y'all got some great senior pastors here at Memphis Tabernacle. That's right. Thank you. And it's also appropriate to know that I wouldn't be here or have anything good to offer you today if it wasn't for my wife, Christy Kelly. Over 27 years, she has kept me in place and been a great partner uh, in ministry. And then, of course, I'd like to welcome those of you that are online paying attention. Don't check out. You know, you need to pay attention because God wants to speak to you today as well. So the, the title of a message, if I had one, is just called, Where's the Love? Where's the Love? And uh, this topic is something that I've uh, already began kind of teaching uh, uh, with our youth. Last night, I was preaching in a bowling alley. Come on. That was awesome. I'm like, we're worshiping in a bowling alley. We had our own little private room to do that because that probably would have been weird if we were out by where people were bowling. Um, but we did bowl, and I am actually sore from bowling. So where's the love? Let's begin with the teachings of Jesus. In John chapter 8, verse 31, it says this. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. You're truly my disciples if you remain faithful, and the truth will set you free. What truth? The truth that comes from his teachings. In the NIV, it says, if you hold to my teachings, you are my, really, my disciples. Well, what was Jesus teaching? We know that there was more things he was teaching that could be even contained in the Bible. What we do know is what was captured, that the apostles wrote uh, that he said in the Bible. And so in John chapter 13, Jesus is speaking and he says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Well, if it's new, how many know it's not old? Yeah. It's something new. When Jesus came, he was bringing something new. And here's the new commandment. Love each other. Yep, that's it. Let's pray. <laughs> Love each other. And then he goes on to describe what he means by love each other. Love each other just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And the love, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are 
my disciples. Now, on one hand, it doesn't seem new because, like, you know, love God, love people kind of seems to be fairly biblical. Wouldn't you agree? But there was something different about this love, and it was he was speaking to us about the kind of love he had for each of us, for God so loved the world. And that same love he was exhorting, that's the kind of love that we're supposed to express to one another. So it was a new commandment. Previously, we had the old covenant. Jesus was bringing the end of that. 613 commandments. Come on, plus the top 10. I mean, who even knows it? Do you know the 613? Some of us don't even know the 10. You know, we get a couple, you know, don't lie, steal, take a Sabbath. Don't kill. You know, know, we know a couple of them. But Jesus brings it all to one commandment, a new one. Jesus was the only human that was able to fulfill all of those laws. And he ushered into the end of the amazing covenant that God made with the Jewish nation to introduce a new covenant that we are partakers of today. And so his death and resurrection brought the fulfillment of all the prophecies of the Old Testament and brought about the launch of something new, his church. And he set a standard for believers that trumps the golden rule. And some of you just thought that I was making, you know, telling you who you should vote for. I wasn't. No, no. (laughs) He set a standard for believers that trumps the golden rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. You can call it the platinum rule if you want. And that's to love others as he loved us. And so we're all familiar with what I call kind of a vertical love for God. We gathered here this morning. There's some amazing worship. And we're directing our attention vertically to God, giving him praise for what he's done. Many of us will go home and have times of prayer and devotion where we're reading the Bible and connecting with God. We're receiving forgiveness from God. We're receiving his grace. We're receiving and declaring his promises for our life and for our future. But Jesus, when he came and brought this new commandment, he kind of tilted things. Because it wasn't just about us and the Father, though. He did teach about the importance of our relationship with the Father that we have through his death and resurrection. But he began to introduce a horizontal worship. In other words, many times we show our love for God by the way we love one another. By the way, when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit to being circumcised or being uncircumcised, old covenant. What's important, what's important, how many know when the Bible says what's important That's an indication and a clue for us that this is going to be important. I have a gift for pointing out the profound in the Bible. (laughs) What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Our faith in God being expressed in love. So how does our faith express love that way? Did you know the one another's, you know, how we treat one another? There's 94 one another's in the New Testament. There's a whole bunch of ways that we're supposed to be one anothering. That's a new verb. We're going to one another well. So we know we're supposed to accept one another as Christ, to encourage one another as Christ encourages us, to restore one another as Christ restored us, to bear with one another, come on, to put up with other people, like Jesus put up with us, 
to carry one another's burdens because how many in life there's seasons when we carry heavy burdens and we need one another to get through certain seasons of our life? Because the reality is everyone here wants to be one another that way. Don't we want to be treated that way? I mean, which one of those one another's are you going, no, 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 thank you. Uh, please, no, 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 no kind of, you know, Jesus love on my life. You know, no, no encouragement, please, not at church. No, we, we want all those things. And Jesus is just making the case simply with one new commandment to let us know one of the focuses of our life is how we love each other in our church family. That kind of love has to get beyond rows, right? You're all sitting in rows. Look around. The people that you want another is like in the room right now. So the challenge of love. Many times we evaluate life based on how we feel love from others. And if we're not feeling the love from others, we're not as engaged in doing our part. But Jesus didn't command, hey, go out and feel the love from other people. Now, if you're a guest today here at our church or you're new, it's completely appropriate to be evaluating the temperature of love. For the rest of us, it's, we're supposed to be the thermostat and set what kind of the temperature for love is in our church. Jesus said this is how we will prove to the world that we are his disciples. So 1 Corinthians 13, come on, the love chapter. It says this, verse 1, if I could speak... All the language of the earth and of angels. Have you ever thought about that? That's a lot. I mean, I'm still working on English. And of angels. But didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If you're a Mr. Know-it-all with no love, you're just noise. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all God's secret plans and I possessed all knowledge, without love, it's nothing. If you're spiritually insightful, if you don't have love, it's nothing. And if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If you're powerful in faith and declaring things and forceful with what you believe, but without love, nada, nothing. And then this one really is something. If I gave everything to the poor, and even sacrificed my body. I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Now, I really struggled with that because how can you give your, how can you do that? Give everything you have to the poor and sacrifice your body. I think it has to do with motive of why you're doing it. And if it's not motivated by love, it just doesn't add up. So I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus, uh, and I'm supposed to love others, uh, including you, including people I interacted with in the past, and I'm supposed to do it as Christ loved me. I just want you to know that when it comes to loving others, I have issues. Those that are close to me would know I have a lot of issues. Stuff going in my life, some of my past that's affected my ability to, you know, demonstrate uh, a sense of genuine love that people would receive as love. Now, I'm a pastor, and, you know, I communicate, you know, from a platform, love, and I really do love people, but somehow it, it's a little weird for me. I just, 
thought I'd share you a little bit about my story. See, when I got saved, I got saved in a small church. Now I look back, it was a weird little church. Um, but I got Jesus and I got mentored and, and loved on. But some of the whole experience was kind of trippy. Because I remember the whole experience, even my first service, you know, everyone was so nice and loving and kind, a bunch of fake people, which was I got, which I thought, but I got captivated by the love. But I, I got to tell you, it was still weird for me. I didn't know how to handle when there was another man, a mentor, that looked at me and said, Neil, I love you. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. I just, I just, you know, I, it didn't, I didn't feel very manly. At that time, you know, and, and then sometimes it was followed up with a hug. You know, Neil, I love you. You know, and I'm like, uh, I, I just didn't know what to say. That You know, I know some people, when they come to church and they feel that love, it's all warm and fuzzy. And you're like, oh, they love me. I, I didn't do that. That was like, uh, I just, I didn't know what to do with that. And, and honestly, 30 years later, it's, it's still a challenge for me. You know, and people say, you know, I love you. I'm, I'm the guy that goes, I love you, man. You know, I just kind of, you know, it's like, uh, you know, some of the commercials we read uh, are here. You know, it's just, I love you, man. You know, but when I get a, you know, a text or an email and someone that says that to me, something in my mind goes off. And so, uh, so maybe there's something a little defective about me. Uh, honestly, you know, many times on the inside, I hear my first thought is, no, you don't. You don't even know me. I love you, bro. No, no, you don't. And I don't know if I love you either, so I don't know why we're having this conversation. <laughs> For me, somehow, love is, is supposed to be uh, genuine, and it can't be genuine if there's not a real relationship. And uh, so it, it affects two things with me. It, one, receiving love from people, and it also affects the way I give it. I'm probably not going to be here uh, because, I, I, well, I don't. I mean, I do because I'm in Christ, but, but, I, but I don't because I'm still trying to remember your name, Okay. <laughs> But I just think this practical side of loving people is challenged. And, and, and then I kind of feel like love is not words. It's supposed to be actions, right? So you do things that expresses love. To, I mean, it's not enough I just tell my wife I love her. I mean, I have to, like, express that love in more than just words. You know, and if I don't, there, there's issues. First um, John 3, 8 says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions, by our actions, by our actions. And, uh, you know, adding to my issues as a Christian, for many years I was kind of oblivious to, you know, uh, pain and getting hurt in church. I just, you know, didn't care when I was young. And, and plus when you're young in ministry, everyone just says positive things because they're so excited if you're doing something positive for Jesus. Everyone's affirming you when you're young. Oh, you're amazing. Uh, God's doing great things through your life. God's got a great plan for your life. And you're just like, yeah, 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 come on, take on the world. But when you've been Christian for a while, you, you begin to discover that people, even leaders, well, they're human. And uh, come on, we all got issues. If you don't think you got issues, that's your issue. And there were times in my life where I experienced some real heartache and pain. And many times that pain and rejection actually came from other Christian leaders. Other people that were, I was in ministry or church with and when it happens in that kind of environment, it's almost like you don't know what to do about it. I mean, if someone's a sinner and they hurt my feelings, it's okay, I understand, because, you know, they're going to go to hell if something doesn't change, right? You know, so it elicits a kind of compassion for them, right? But when it's someone in the family and someone especially you look up to or 
someone from a distance that, you know, we kind of think, you should know better, right? They should know better. It's, it, for some reason, it, it hurts worse. And I have had a few seasons in my life where I, I felt myself in the life of a church, but walking wounded, suffering and in pain. And just as I even reflected on this just this week, I was, it brought tears to my eyes. I just realized that, you know, some of that stuff, it, I mean, it's real. And what it did for me is I realized that it's not, you know, while I'm going through, I'm realizing every week there's people that are attending church bringing that kind of pain and sitting in these pews. And I just want to say on behalf of our pastors, behalf of me and everyone leading, we're not okay with you staying that way. We want every person that comes in here that's brokenhearted to receive everything that God has to help restore your life, to heal your life, and help you get over and on to the plan that God's got for you. And it includes freedom from heartache and pain. You see, when you get hurt, your mind gets weird. You start hearing a story. You start replaying what happened. And the narrative begins to change over time. And the anger begins to increase and the bitterness can begin to grow up on the inside of you. And the enemy loves it. He gets in there and begins to feed. Yeah, they did you wrong. Yeah, they meant to. Yeah, look at them now. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Spiritual Leader over there, but he hurts people. And uh, it, it can lead you to begin to isolate yourself from people because you don't want to get hurt again. And the story can get worse because you start making vows. I will never do that again. I will never let somebody hurt me or hurt us like that. If that's how Christians are going to treat me, I'll never fill in the blank. I'll never trust. I'll never get close. I'll never open up to again. And maybe you had an experience in another church somewhere in your past, and you've said some of those, I'll never do it again. That's how Christians are. I'm out. See, the problem is, and why the devil loves those kind of vows, is because they become strongholds in our life. They become strongholds. You don't even realize it's happening. That's why it's a deception. And you begin to isolate yourself from the very thing that you need. And you become susceptible to being offended by every little thing that happens when you come into a church world. Here we go again. Come on, I'm a senior pastor. I've, I've told people in my church, it's not a matter of if I'm going to offend you. It's when and how soon. Because it's inevitable. I'm going to say something that you're not going to like. I found that I've offended people in all kinds of ways. I'm talking to someone in between service. You know, we, pastors, there's multiple services. Now I'm talking to somebody. I got to go to the bathroom. This happens to us. I got to go. And so then, you know, I find out that someone I talk to, they're offended because I rushed off and didn't listen to them. I'm like, I find out, are you kidding me? I tried to listen to you, but I had something going on. we got to have some grace for people. So what needs to change? Like Jesus, we should love knowing that there's a risk of being hurt. We should love. Come on, we've been warned. Jesus had in his own midst a Judas, and he knew. But there's no record of any scripture where Jesus began to exclude him. 
But he kept him in his inner circle that whole time and demonstrated love for the one that would betray. That's a clue for us. Jesus was abandoned by many who said that they loved him. Paul was abandoned and betrayed by ministry partners, but there's no record that that stopped the influence he would have on the world. So think about that. Sometimes we need to look around and ask, who do you love? As Christ loved you. It's the new commandment that Jesus wanted to to be a part of our life. And so if there's a tension, if there's a struggle, if you're willing to, you know, address that, Jesus wants to help to heal, to restore. But a lot of times he does that through the body of Christ, through all that one anothering. And if you cut yourself up from the one anothering out of a fear that you'll get hurt, you won't be able to receive the freedom that Jesus Christ wants for you. Our only option is to follow Jesus and what he modeled for us. Freely we have received. Now freely we're to give. So the focus needs to be on how we express our love to others and not judge the church based on how others are treating us. This is maturity, is that we choose to, come on, I'm going to bring some love into the group of people. Some I know, some I don't, some I wish I didn't. Come on, be real. Don't lie. You don't like everybody at church. Jesus is working on you. And so here's what do we got to do. We got to choose to forgive. We have to plan to love knowing sometimes it will hurt. And if you have been hurt in church, if you've been hurt by a leader, if you have been hurt anyway, in John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, it says, but anyone who hates another brother or a sister is still living and walking in darkness. But if anyone who doesn't like another brother or a sister is still living and walking in darkness, if anyone who has not forgiven another brother or a sister is still living and walking in darkness, you get this? If anyone has issues with another brother or sister, is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. See, the vision, one of the pieces of the vision here at Memphis Tabernacle is that you would experience walking in freedom, experiencing life in freedom. But we come into church and we're carrying our baggage and many times we can't see Because we've been blinded by the hurt that has come our way from other people. Love so that you can see. Love and forgive others so that you can be free. Forgive as Christ forgave you. So I want to challenge you to enter into the school of one anothering that Jesus started. What is that? Love one another, serve one another, encourage one another, bear with one another, forgive one another. Come on, he puts us into a group, and it's called the local church. Ours is Memphis Tabernacle with all of our issues, quirks, hurt, and pain. And then you know what he told you to do? Go on, love one another as I loved you. And I think we kind of...
she's weird. You know, we just kind of have our issues. Jesus didn't give us like, love one another in case they got quirks. Love one another in case, you know, you know they're, they, they're irritating. They never shut up. They just keep talking. You know, whatever it is that we do that we might say after we leave church. And by the way, stop talking about people like that. That's a bonus. So let's work on this together. It's the way of the kingdom. It's how we follow Jesus. Listen to me. For the sake of the world, for the sake of Memphis, for the sake of the hundreds of people that are going to be coming and checking out Memphis Tabernacle, it is how they will know. We put all the pressure on the preacher. We put all the pressure on the worship, which is important. But come on, Jesus didn't say they will know by the preacher. They will know by the worship. They said, he said that they will know by the love that you have for one another. It's how they'll know. And it's not going to be easy. And Philippians says, for I told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes. There, there are many whose conduct shows they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. We can't, can't do anything about it. Paul had it. People rose up within the church that he was at. He got hurt with tears in his eyes. The hurt that he had. And then verse 20 it says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Come on, what he's saying? We have to get over the stuff that's holding us back because we have a Savior who lives in heaven. His name is Jesus, and we're waiting for his return. And while we're waiting, we need to be busy as we can about taking as many people with us into eternity. And how are we going to do that? Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. Come on, forgive others as I have forgiven you. Serve one another as I served you, because in it you find freedom. In it, your ministry becomes powerful in that kind of love. You become a change agent in the life of our church, and the Lord needs you. This is the kind of love, it's the greatest witness of God's transforming power of Jesus Christ. Love one another as he loved us. So our next steps. As we gauge in opportunities to one anothering more, or one another, one another better, it requires relationships. Like, doesn't it require another person to one another? Some of you need to be venture beyond your spouse and kids. There are other others that need your one anothering. It requires relationships. And it's hard to one another in rows, especially when all we can do is turn and wave at each other. So I encourage you, do your part to start it. Why, that's why we have house to house. It's an opportunity, yes, to come and be blessed, but it's come to build relationships and to learn to express love to others. Because they just might need your love. Somebody just might need you to be there for them. There'll be small group opportunities. There's people that need you. You need the small group, but they need you. It's like the church. Come on. And if you don't want to go, well, get over yourself. I don't like small groups. I don't feel comfortable. Aww. Do it anyway. You need it. You need it. And if you're not involved in our church yet, well, that's great you're here, but we welcome you to get involved. We have a growth track that will help to introduce you to our church and how to actually get connected. And when you're connected and involved, you begin the process of one anothering in our church. Come on, if love is something you're working on, there's a great series by Pastor David. You can get the podcast on, you know, the love that God wants to have in his church.
And some of you, right now, you may need to undo some of the vows that you've made because they've been strongholds. Some of you will need to forgive and choose to love again to find and walk in freedom. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, if you forgive and love others as I have loved and forgiven you, you are really my disciples. You then shall know the truth. (laughs) And then you will be free indeed. Heavenly Father, thank you that Jesus made it simple to remember. But it's clear it takes action to convey our faith through love. I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit who resides in us that we allow that love that we've received to overflow into individuals in our church family. And Lord, I pray for hurting people today, those who are carrying the weight of offense and genuine, unrighteous hurt that's been put on them. And Lord, I pray that they would have the ability and choose to say, I forgive. For those that have said, I will never, I pray those I will nevers would be broken in the name of Jesus. And they may be a part of the past, but to the day, I will. I will in Jesus' name. I will step out of my comfort zone. I will step over the walls of my pain. I will step out into a new season. And I'm going to step out knowing it won't always work out. Times, our Savior Jesus is in heaven, and we're waiting for him to return. So, Lord, use us, your church, to get what you want done accomplished. Come on, we want to see Memphis come to Christ. So work through us, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody said. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Yeah.